Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how are you? LJ, I am good. Uh, Finished up another night at work. Got the next two days off. Playing a little golf tomorrow. um, Later in the day, so that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, just hanging out, um, and excited to kind of get into what'll be a chill next few days on the podcast. Well, other than tomorrow, which will be power rankings, but LJ, do you want to tell the listeners what we're going to be doing? Yeah. So for the next, um, it'll end up being seven days, eight days. Well, we'll, cause we're next Sunday, get Monday and skip Thursday. So yeah. So skipping Monday and Thursday, so I think that tracks us out to Sunday. Uh, again, we will go through all of the divisions, give a little bit of maybe not necessarily thoughts, but just talk about all the storylines going on, see where it takes us. I'm excited, but first we have a handful of stories here, all of which pertaining to the AL East. Um, for the first time in podcast history, we are going to keep this under five minutes on the AL East which might be a feat, but thankfully I don't have too much to say about at least two of these topics. So let's start with this one. Red Sox, Yankees, the 
final game of that series came at us today on ESPN. Michael Walker shoved in a Red Sox 3-0 win. That's about all the analysis I have here. Yeah. Um, the dude was good at baseball. The dude really is good at, at baseball. Really good at baseball. Uh, you don't need to hear my thoughts on the Yankees as I have displayed them very well over the last few weeks on the show. It's um, however, I did see a highlight. Glaber Torres was mic'd up and he turned a double play while doing that while uh, live on the broadcast. So I love that. It's awesome. I mean, we should get so funny story. The game was on in the bar that I work at, or yeah, in the bar I work at. And we saw it. I, I actually had a chance to look up at the TV when I was behind the bar and see um, the game for a little bit. And they were talking to Glaber Torres. And there were some people at the bar who had watched baseball a little bit, but they definitely weren't like hardcore fans. And they were like, you know, that's really cool. Like they should do that more. And I was like, I totally yeah. agree. Like, it's just it's just so cool to to get more in into the game like that. But yeah, no, uh, LJ is absolutely right here. Not much to cover um, with the Yankees and Red Sox tonight. Three nothing. Uh, yeah, one one more thing I did want to add. Um, oh, another thing we can talk about this whenever we get to the AL East. But I feel like even if Devers ends up walking, they don't end up paying Devers. He has to have a decent claim at this point to being the top. Yankee killer in team history. We just can't get him out. The dude just hits bombs off of everyone in just such unexpected ways. And then the only, only other thing I have here, because we're now doing two minutes on Red Sox Yankees, uh, Garrett Whitlock gets his fourth save of the season. He's back in the bullpen. And surprise, surprise, his ERA is back below three. You know, it's not like this wasn't possibly something that every logical person saw coming that you know maybe you've got a really you've got an elite bullpen arm maybe the first reaction you shouldn't have to that is let's make him a starter you know maybe that's just not the way things go that's not how the way life works but maybe that's just me well lj how about two hours and 15 minutes on the game time love it that's got to be a record for red sox yankees it might be all right, let's move on. The Tampa Bay Rays played the Baltimore Orioles today. They win 4-1, but the bigger story here, through eight innings, Drew Rasmussen has a perfect game bid going. He goes into the eighth. First batter of the eighth was, I believe, Jorge Mateo. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. Jorge Mateo. He first rips pitch. a double down the down the line on the first pitch and ends that very, very promptly. This is probably the longest outing of that Drew Rasmussen will ever see in his race career and should take pride in it because, you know, he certainly deserved it from everything I've seen. Absolute gem. He was absolutely dealing today and um, against a good Orioles team. Like they this is a legitimately good baseball team now. Strikes Cedric Mullins out three times as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh just an amazing outing from him. And um I watched that I turned on the game for the for the ninth. I had no idea he was throwing a perfect game until I checked the MLB app and saw 
oh, he is a perfect game going into the ninth. I should watch this. Um, but yeah, so awesome for him. The last thing we have to talk about about the AL East, and we can go into more detail with it um, on whatever day we do the AL East this week. But according to Mike Elias, the Orioles are planning to significantly escalate their payroll during this offseason. You know, this is a great step in the right direction. We're certainly going to celebrate it because I think, you know, you don't invest as much into the team and into different parts of the team as the Orioles do if you weren't planning on doing this at some point. Like, this is a team that prior to their rebuild starting had no qualms about paying players. As far as I'm concerned, I put them on the same level as Houston, where they realized, all right, we're not big, we're not a big enough market to be able to buy our way out of a rebuild. So we have to rebuild, but once we rebuild, we're going to, we're going to be here and we're going to really go for it. So, but ultimately with, with that being said, there's still some form of major disconnect. I feel like here where, you know, you've spent all this time curating this roster and then you get the, you get to this point where you're good, but you're not great, but you're really good. And you're just making now very inconsistent moves that don't really line up with that future. Honestly, as soon as I saw this, I, as much as I should be happy about this, I should be excited. I'm more frustrated about their deadline because here's a Orioles team that's knocking on the door of the wild card. I really see them probably being this year's Mariners where they started knocking on the door and then ended up falling off and then now look like a legitimate contender and are going to keep building on that year after year. Well, the Mariners didn't fall off. They were still mathematically in it to the last day of the season. And then pooped themselves. Well, no. They, they fell off in the last No, no, no. They six it didn't innings. matter. They, they still could have won on the last day, but because... You lost the Angels, Brandon. Yes, but because the Red Sox won, it didn't matter anyways. You still lost to the Angels. Actually, no, they weren't in the, in the last day. Yeah, no, the, or no, the second. The no, second to last it was day. the last day. I think no, it was. Because that they was had the four way, it was a four-way race. It was Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jays, and Mariners. I'm 90% sure the Mariners lost the day before, but it's fine. Uh, that's an unimportant thing. More important is... Why the hell is Trey Mancini not on this team? You know, yeah, if, like if you're planning sense. on increasing your payroll and making this a contending roster, you can't tell me that Trey Mancini isn't a high enough caliber player to be on your contending rosters. He was one of the best players on your team. Add that to the fact that he was the face of this franchise. The fans loved him and cared about him. He cared about the city. There's no good reason for you to let him go. I wouldn't be surprised also if he ends up back here this winter. I would like to see him back in orange this winter, but if he does not end up in that situation and you end up giving him away for somebody who has to end up being a superstar, as far as I'm concerned, if you're going to spend on guys, if you're willing to invest in the payroll now, you're not, it's not like you would have been letting him walk away for nothing. You're just going to resign him if this is your new strategy. So why make this trade? Why give up a guy who means so much and carries so much value to the franchise? I'm happy that they are going to be spending more money. Um, 
However, you're absolutely right about the trade deadline. But this is a step, absolutely a step in the right direction because now you're past that point in the re like you've complete in in my mind, you've completed your rebuild. You see the future of your team, like not fully completed, but you know what I mean. You're out of that stage where it's like, okay, we've rebuilt enough to now where we think we are actually um, something. Tyler Nevin isn't related to Phil, is he? He is. Really? Son. Son of Phil Nevin. Son of Phil Nevin, so that means grandson to Hunter Renfro? Right? Yeah. Hunter Renfro. Okay. Um, okay. Anyway, we are on tonight. That wraps up our little AL East rundown. I can't believe all three stories came there, but we are on our way out to the NL West, one of the best divisions in baseball year after year and certainly an exciting one this year. Let's start at the top before we start getting into any races and any teams that are pushing anyone anywhere. Let's start with the Dodgers. The Dodgers lost to, I keep instantly wanting to say the Pirates because I'm still have that series stuck in there, my head. The Giants just beat the Pirates. Why am I having such a, my memory? Royals, LJ. Royals, thank you. You know, you could have just, you could have stopped. You could have ended that pain like thirty seconds earlier. I just wanted to um, wait and see how long it took you to figure it out. You just wanted to wait and watch me on the MLB website, scrolling back and forth across the thing, <laughs> unable to find the Dodgers logo anywhere on the page. Um, yeah, lose to the Royals for nothing. Get shut out. Get two hit here. Same with the Yanks tonight. Brady Four Singer combined hits between those two teams today. Yeah, but the difference here is the fact that the Dodgers just ripped off a 12-game win streak, and I don't think the Yankees have 12 wins in their last 21 right. days. All right, enough about the Yankees. Tyler Anderson uh, took a loss today. Like, that has been rare to come by this season. 13-2. and 13-2, and two, very rare. But more so, I'd like to talk about, you know, um, if I'm correct, this is a franchise record 12-game win streak for the Rays if or the uh, Dodgers. There we go. Um, if not, I believe I read that it is like a 21st century record. So basically, within the time frame of this dynasty, this is the most games that they've won in a row. And that has to lead me to this question that I'll leave you to start with. Is this the best Dodgers team we've seen yet? So, LJ, it is one short. So, this 12 game winning streak is one short of their longest since moving to Los Angeles. When was their next? I don't know. The LA Times article, that, that's all it says. Okay. Uh, why don't you answer my question and I'll try to find that? You said, Is this the best Dodgers team we've seen yet? Ooh, interesting. Um, that 2017 Dodgers team that didn't even win the World Series, but that second half they had, um, was ridiculous. I forget the stretch that they went on, but it was, um, pretty impressive what they did in the second half of that season. 
Which year uh, did you say? 2017. I think that team they they won 104 games, um, and had just so many key contributors. Just got so many guys that were even hovering around like three WAR that you wouldn't expect. The 2021 team, I think, was really good. Um, you can't count out the 2019 team except for what they did in the playoffs. It's tough, LJ. I think talent-wise, you probably have to give it to 2022, especially because this pace they're on. I mean, their Pythagorean win percentage is the best in their franchise's history at 72.5%. Their actual win-loss percentage is second best in their franchise's history behind the 2020 season where they were 43-17 and and won the World Series, by the way. Um. I mean, LJ, what do you think? Well, let me start with saying I, I don't think necessarily wins and losses will, as much as they show it, and that wins and, lo- wins and losses are what brought us to getting asking this question, I don't think wins and losses at, equate to talent, particularly when it comes to postseason success because certain teams, their makeup or their mentality – are much more geared towards postseason success than others. So, yeah, even even not just a coin flip, some teams are just, again, it's the way that they approach the game is totally different than other teams, and that might make them more successful. So this isn't me saying that they are my favorites to win. However, I think this is the most talented Dodgers team, and the reason for it is because this is the most defined Dodgers team we've seen because you know you've got could the bullpen be better yes but i don't think you're going to find a single team that doesn't have a flaw like this and when we're talking about flaws we're talking about a top five relief staff either way the reason it's a flaw is because it doesn't have all the sexy names if it had if it had kenley jansen as the as its closer right now you'd be saying oh my gosh this is insane but you're not going to find a deeper group in that rotation than the one that the Dodgers have when healthy, they've got absolute dogs here, like Walker Buehler and Clayton Kershaw that they didn't have, or they didn't certainly didn't have developed and in the shape that they are in, in 2017, which is honestly the exact spot that I went to look back at. And then mm-hmm. you look at the differences between these lineups, I think are night and day. And it's just about simply about how they operate. The, Majority of this Dodgers dynasty, if that's what you want to call it, this incredible run of success they've had through the 2010s and 2020s, their main source of the game has been their depth and the fact that they're just going to, you know, we've got a lot of versatile guys. They're all incredibly underrated. and We're going to find ways to make the best out of all of them. You've sacrificed some of that, mostly because you're not going to be able to, you know, First off, some guys are just going to be graduating out of service time. You're not going to be able to pay everybody. You wouldn't be able to keep guys like Alex Verdugo around, Kyle Farmer around long-term with this group. But also, like, there's just so much – there's only so much you can do to keep Austin – you can't keep Austin Barnes, Kike Hernandez, all these, like, crazy guys that were undervalued. You can't keep them undervalued for that long, and you can't keep them on your roster undervalued for that long. So long-term, it wasn't sustainable for nearly as long as they actually made it sustainable. 
But anyway, my point being, now they've instead of trying to be this super deep, super versatile team, they've sacrificed just a little bit of that depth, and they've gone out and solidified a core for the ages. I mean, you know, it's it's a conversation here where I would say they're four deep with elite elite talent here on this team when you consider Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, and Will Smith, even if you just look at the core three, that big three, that's not something that they had before the last three years. This is something that's that they've just built. hitters. Yes. And they've, they've built the definition of what their lineup is now in the last three years. And it just feels so much more sure and secure by having those guarantee guys like you know that those guys are going to step up and perform because they do time in and time again and these guys are all proven winners at this point even Every Joey Gallo them- LJ he has a 149 OPS plus in the seven games since getting traded oh exactly to- that that's just another example of the Dodgers finding value in places that and they you knew that that was going to happen Yes, but it's also can't handle New York. No one can handle New York. Again, it's the, it's a small market issue. When the team when your fans don't show up to the fourth inning, there's no pressure on you. Like only you're only getting two bats watched. And it's your second two. You got to warm up with that at this point if you're on the Dodgers. But like they went out and they got three proven winners. All three of those guys, Betts, Turner, Freeman, all had titles before they showed up to LA. And that I think means the world towards this team's winning mentality, their winning edge and their consistency and security is the fact that their leadership and the heart of their order really knows what they're doing. So yes, they're, they don't look as deep on paper as 2017 does, but when you look at that lineup, you can't tell me that you want that lineup or that core anywhere near this group like there, there is such a gap between the core impact players from any of these other teams that we've talked about in this year yeah they are i mean 16 game lead on the padres who are second place in the nl west who i assume we're With gonna that being said Matt's talk about six. them in, in soon yeah no it's insane um what the dodgers have done is they have essentially the Rays front office, but able to spend money like the Yankees, if you want to use that as an example. But not even though the Mets have the highest payroll, but you get my point. When you have those two combined, it's a really, really, it can lead to, to this, where they basically have unlimited resources at their disposal. Um, and they're not just throwing it around because a lot of big market teams, a lot of big market organizations, they're just going to start throwing money at their problems, throwing money at their holes. Every single move I think that the Dodgers have done, how many bad moves do you really think you've seen? Not, Friedman is, none, is a genius, dude. He is. It's not just genius. It's because every single move that he makes is intentional even the small ones, even the things that you don't think are going to add up to something, always find a way to. 
that's the key to good management in in any sport. I wish he didn't trade away Jordan. Or no, he I don't even think he was the Dodgers GM when they trade away Jordan, uh, Jordan Alvarez. But at the same time, you can't complain though because you know if if long term if oh, that's what it took to get this group, I would say it's worth it. Because who don't you have if you don't have if you have Jordan? I mean, you don't have to play Joey Gallo or Cody Bellinger. Do you not want to play Joey Gallo right now? No, I, I, think I, want to play Joey I get Gallo what you're right saying, now. but I mean, look at that bench, dude. Like, but from a fine, I, I, I want to, want you to think about this more in terms of a financial standpoint because that does change the way you play, you play the game because. Oh yeah, no, because as much as we're saying they can throw the money at everybody, player. they've proven that they're not going to throw money at everybody. Like they, they are not going to just give everyone out because if you would, why wouldn't you have given that money to Corey Seager? Like, or Manny Machado. Yeah, well, I think they could have. They tried. They tried on Manny bad. They really wanted him. Yeah, they really wanted him. And again, it 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 was Mookie. Mookie and Manny, I think, filled that same role for them, being able to be that major cornerstone star. And of course, you know, Manny decides to go elsewhere to greener pastures, um, or browner pastures, depending on, um. I was trying to make a Padres reference, not that not that it's bad at, or San Diego's bad or anything. Talking myself into a hole here. Um, Should we move on know. to the Padres? Let's move on to the Padres. We've gone along here. All right. So the Dodgers are are clearly the best team in the league right now, or LJ might say the Mets, but um, the Dodgers are clearly the best team in the NL West. But LJ, the Padres are still a really good team. Yeah. Very good team. And this is a lineup with the addition of Juan Soto, Josh Bell, and Brandon Drury that is so deep. I mean, really, really deep top to bottom. Um, I, I would say it's deep. I wouldn't say it's really deep. And but that's most that's mostly because you have a handful of teams here. Teams like the Dodgers, I'll put the Mets and the Yankees in that category too, where, you know, they maybe have one one position of weakness and real flaw and the rest is so deep. Like there's a couple teams that just ruin being very deep for the rest of the group. But this is this is a lineup that you should never feel uncomfortable about putting out anyone here. No. Uh, and... You know, Manny Machado's been great as of late. Juan Soto has been really good as of late. Um, the stars are coming through, and that's certainly what you want to see if you're A.J. Preller um, and, you know, the rest of the Padres organization. How about the resurgence of you, Darvish, L.J.? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
If you served in the Vietnam, Gulf War, or post-9-11 eras, you may be eligible for expanded VA benefits. A new law known as the PACT Act provides disability compensation, health care, free toxic exposure screenings, and more to veterans who are exposed to toxins during their military service. You can submit a claim for your PACT Act-related benefits now. Claims received by August 10, 2023 may be paid back to August 10, 2022. Visit va.gov slash PACT to learn more and file your claim. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting because you Darvish over I'm not I, I can't tell you if it's over his career or not, but over the last couple of years, the late part of his career has been a big front half guy. And so finding ways to see him contribute to this team in a positive manner in the back half of a season is it's huge. It's everything at this point. And Blake Snell, he shoved today. In the innings we've seen him pitch, he's only uh, started 14 games this year. He certainly, um, you know, there hasn't been much to complain about with with him. I think he's been solid, um, which is a lot better than whatever he was doing last year. Uh, You know, I really think he was banged up and, and injured last year, and that's why we saw that ERA dip, um, you know, you, you can say whatever you want about Blake Snell, like as a person, but I, I, I think he's a really good pitcher and we can't forget about what he did in that 2018 season. Uh, that was incredibly impressive. And um, it was a big deal when he got traded to San Diego. And I just feel like he's only 29 years old. Like he, he can still be, a big piece of this team. Absolutely. In my mind. Oh, absolutely. And of course, all of that, the caveat there is the fact that they're not, neither of those guys, those are the contributing two and three guys. The real centerpiece of this group is Joe Musgrove, who, you know, he just got his bag from his hometown team and a hundred percent deserved it with the way he's playing. They found their ACE to build around and he's going to be, a San Diego Padre for quite a while because of it. And it's crazy because all their, their full starting rotation right now, all five guys have been traded for since, or except for Mike Clevenger, but all four have been traded for since we started the podcast. Darvish podcast. And Clevenger was Clevenger was their first reaction to them realizing they were good. Like, yeah. He, he was a right after he got hurt, or was it right before he got hurt? Either way, you know, at a low point in his career, Cleveland's looking to offload guys, and they see a, gr- a really good pitcher that can help this team push advanced forward, and they jumped right on it in at the delayed trade deadline in August 2020. That, that was really, I think, probably the turning point towards people actually towards the towards people's public opinion you know i think the organization will look at probably the signing of eric Hosmer as the turning point where they decided all right this group is built up enough we our farm system is built up enough that we can go out and start making these moves but this was the turn in public opinion but let's look into the bullpen because the bullpen i still feel is a mess and it kind of opens up a storyline or at least my interpretation of their trade deadline storyline, a trade deadline, which I am rapidly 
falling out of love with by the Padres because uh, you can never not love Soto. Anything that brings Juan Soto in it is great. But when you look at the, fu- the whole thing in its entirety, they spent a lot to get a lot of players, but only get a little bit deeper. This was already a deep team, but the amount of capital that they spent should have made them a very deep team, and it should have made them a very deep team almost immediately. But what we're looking at is a group of guys that is going to be very deep and very good in the coming years. I don't think this team is necessarily, you look around, it's not fully built to be this juggernaut this season because a lot of the depth you're looking at is projecting out. I mean, we're projecting out that Haseon Kim's value is going to continue to go. We're projecting out that once Fernando Tatis serves his suspension, he comes back and, you know, doesn't see the ill effects of the pressure or the lack of um, whatever was there, depending on his, what his situation actually ended up being. We're particularly, this one I think is a big one, projecting out the fact that Josh Hader is going to get it right next year and provide that Hall of Fame caliber closer value that you brought him in for. So you spent nearly probably $80 million a year this summer alone to just get a little bit better. And that's why I'm just, I'm souring on this trade deadline. So LJ is out on the trade deadline for the Orioles, out on the trade deadline for the Padres. You understand what I mean, though, right? No, no, you're absolutely. I mean, you make a great point for both of them, too. Um, Yeah, I mean, LJ, talk me through what you're thinking with the bullpen. Like, yes, it is a mess, but I still think that it's not terrible. It's not terrible. This bullpen does not get you past the Dodgers, and it certainly doesn't get you past. Really, all that matters is what this, how comfortable you look at the names in this bullpen, you look at the numbers in this bullpen, how comfortable, particularly, honestly, I think the names matter more than the numbers if you're familiar with the league when it comes to relievers, because that's just, it's the level of comfort you have with each of those guys in big situations. You got to look at the postseason competition and really the, four teams that matter how does this bullpen stack up against the cardinals how does it stack up against the dodgers how does it stack up against the braves and how does it stack up against the mets and this group as much as they have some good players i don't think they're deep enough to play and win a full series against the dodgers braves or mets cardinals maybe but those three teams, they're just not there. I, and I've been saying this for a couple months now. They didn't need to get better on the top. And Taylor Rogers had been performing quite admirably. Where they needed to get better was adding depth. And not just adding like mid-tier depth. I wanted to see them go out and get another setup guy, another seventh, eighth inning guy, which allows them to push one of their current seventh, eighth inning guys down into more of a mid-relief role and just gives you so many more options. Being able to have four dogs in that bullpen, I think, would have helped immensely. What do they end up doing instead of 
adding setup guys, adding an ex, adding extra arms to the bullpen, they make a wash trade in terms of numbers, which long-term, yes, Josh Hader will be better than Taylor Rogers long-term. However, he can pitch as often as Taylor Rogers could pitch. What you needed was two strong arms out of that, out of a trade. If you were moving, if you're moving Taylor Rogers, I would have really liked to see at least two arms that would have been put plugged right into this bullpen for me to say that they necessarily got the value that they needed to compete. I actually think I hate the Josh Hader trade for both the Brewers and the Padres. I 100% agree, and I'm loving watching it blow up on both sides. It's just it's it just made no sense. Like, why would two contender? Why would two teams that have legitimate World Series aspirations? make a trade like that at the trade deadline it makes no sense to me again it's it's weird and it's so weird because you know you spend all of this money you invest all this capital all with the hope if you're the Padres it's really a prayer you spend again you spent 80 million dollars and your entire farm system to get this roster when you're projecting that at least four of your starting lineup guys are going to improve and your closer is going to get right. Is that, is that a, is that a guess you should be willing to make? If it was a guarantee. Yeah. I'm willing to play that long game for the next two, three years, especially when I know I am going to have all three of my superstars in their primes for the next couple of years. I'm willing to wait out for Jake Cronenworth to look like what he did last year. I'm willing to wait out for the good Josh Hader to come back. But this is baseball. There's no guarantees with that. And you're really playing around with some major talent here now that you have no farm system to supplement them with the future issues that will will arise, undoubtedly. Like, there's going to be a bunch more holes next year. That's how baseball works. You're going to find areas that need major improvement each and every season, even if your roster stays the same. It's actually amazing, like, my thought, just how I view the Padres over the last few years. Like, in 2018, I genuinely, like, they were one of the worst teams in the league. I think in 2019, they were one of the worst teams in the league also. Um, And it's like, yeah, it, I, yeah, they were terrible. No one ever thought that they were any good. 2020, they do a little you know they certainly get their name on the map in that offseason they make the big trades they're they were going all in then they extend Tati something like all right like they really really see something here now they trade for Soto and it's like they went from having one of the deepest farm systems in the league last year and um, thinking they were a world series contender heading into 2021 and now you're still behind the Dodgers and all your farm system is gone. It's completely gone. Yeah, but here's the thing. Let's not blame the Soto trade because that's not where the problem lies. Oh, no, no. I'm not saying the Soto trade. I'm saying all the every move that, that they made. If you take I, – I look at the future of this team with way less concern 
if you take Josh Bell out of the Soto trade and you don't go anywhere near Josh Hader, Brandon Drury, I could take or leave. But as far as I'm concerned, Luke Foyt and Eric Hosmer were fine. You know, it wasn't, again, it wasn't the best. Like, are you really slandering my boy Josh Bell right now? He's gone not, crazy this year. I'm not slandering Josh Bell. What I'm saying is he was not a need for the Padres. And so long-term, I would have rather see them keep whatever extra, whatever extra prospects had to be put in that deal to get Josh Bell. They would have been better. The Padres would have been better served not getting Josh Bell, not paying the, what do you think he's going to get this year? 15 million? I'm just get, guessing. Yeah. On the market. Like not paying the 15 million that they're going to have to pay to re-sign him and being able to reinvest those assets into areas of genuine need in the coming years. You have to play, you should be playing this for the long game when you have Fernando Tatis and Juan Soto on this group. Your, your core of three guys, you have with those three alone, you've got at least four or five, four, maybe four more years. To not, I'm not, gonna, not to be too generous with Machado. He could certainly go a lot longer than that. But maybe four more prime years of that core and at least 10 more prime years of the main two of that group. You have a lot of time to be good. Let's maybe not make the majority of those guys prime be at a point where there's absolutely nothing to supplement the team from the farm. You've got nothing to give away to reinforce this team in the future. And this team is clearly, you know, it's just not close to deep enough to compete for the title this year. All right, LJ, let's spend the last few minutes going through the Giants, D-backs, and Rockies. Anything in particular that stands out about any of those three teams immediately? Um, yeah, I think the Giants need to have a real conversation and real reflection here about what they're looking for out of this team going forward because there has been, there's certainly been its share of injuries and the like that have caused inconsistent performances this year but you really have to look at this group and say all right is this enough should this be the point that we call it when do we pronounce this run dead granted a lot of people wanted to gr- pronounce this this run this s- squad this crew dead back in 2019 and the 2020 and 2021 teams proved it so wrong but this is something that needs to keep getting asked the higher the age of this team goes. This is a disappointing season. Could I see this group bouncing back next year? Yes. That's why ultimately if I was in charge of the Giants, I give them one more year. But this really needs to be in check because, you know, uh, did they give Jock Peterson multiple years? And I think that's a one-year deal. Yeah, so you're going to have to go out and ensure you get Jack Peterson back. You're going to have to go out and ensure that you get Carlos Rodon back. And then you can start talking about, all right, if this team makes the bounce back that we think they can, we're good. It's just, that's a lot to play for one year. So I'm not necessarily sure where they're going to go at this point. 
I, I don't have much to add on the Giants. I feel the same way. Um, as for the Diamondbacks and Rockies, two teams that started off the season um, fairly above their expectations and have since tapered off significantly. Um, you know, Arizona's starting rotation at the start of the year was actually pretty good. Um, Zach Gallen has still been excellent. Merrill Kelly has been good. Um, but Madison Bumgarner has certainly faded uh, a little bit. Zach Davies is, I mean, he's probably putting up the most Zach Davies stat line I've ever seen. So um, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a four eleven ERA with sixty eight strikeouts and ninety two innings. Um, this is a positive. Let's start there. It's all positive because you know we've got there's plenty to celebrate here. You have your one and two locked up here. Your one and two have, I believe, at least three years of service time each between the two of them left. That's a good spot to be in. You have guys like Joe, or I was about to say Joe Kennedy, Ian Kennedy and Joe Mantiply, who are definitely good guys to keep investing in at the back of this bullpen. Mark Melanson's also falling apart, but you know, I'm not going to get too far into that. But it, you look at the offense, and this is an offense that's very quietly like middle of the road in terms of runs scored, like this is a, the 17th team in runs scored middle of the road. Doesn't sound good, but that's a huge plus for a team who is below 500, eight games below 500 hasn't been a serious contender to be around the midpoint right now. That's a big positive, especially when you haven't gotten the best out of guys like Cattell Marte. So now you look at this, you've got, Alex, Th- Alex Thomas, who long-term, you know, certainly fell off after the beginning of his season. I, I, did get, I did get excited about him, but I'm still excited about him because he's showing a lot of talent and a lot of promise for this team. Certainly deserves to be one of their top prospects. Alec Thomas, Dalton Varsho, Cattell Marte, and all of these guys that you've got. You've got some really exciting pieces down in the farm still this team could be moving in the right direction. I'm always worried to say that about the about them, Bex, because they always find a way to, to have these guys not develop as much as we think they will. But I am, I am looking forward to this. I like Alec Thomas a lot. Um, I like Ketel Marte, but I, I, I wish that he would pick it up a little. I, I know he can play better than, than what he's doing right now. I, I've seen it. Um, but Brandon yeah, needs it. Diamondbacks are, are always such, such a weird team to figure out. I'm, intri- I'm intrigued by this team's future at this point. Yeah, the future. I mean, Jordan Lawler, Drew Jones, Corbin Carroll. Alec Thomas right there those guys that's that's what you want but Drew Jones I mean they have his estimated time up to the bigs at 2028 so it's gonna be but that's also because he's he's missing half a year right now I could see that jumping to 2026 easy still a long time 
maybe again like two years that's i know there's a lot of a lot of jump i don't even know if that's a fair jump because you know really who knows at this point how quick a guy can get fast tracked but it's just a matter of we won't we won't the scary part for them is the fact that we won't see and they won't see truly what they have in their hands with drew jones until next spring like that that's a long time to be playing around with this stuff also let's not forget you know seth beer has also recently gotten a call up back to this team you know he's only 120 plate appearances in this year i'm not going to act like it's been good since since the beginning of the season he actually he had that opening day home run and that's it so far but this is a guy with natural power so I think he shouldn't he shouldn't be excluded from the youth movement conversation here. Yeah, I, you know, I'm all for Seth Beer, but he's almost 26 now. Um, you know, he could certainly be a late bloomer, kind of like I think the best late bloomer ever is Raul Abanez. I'm pretty sure that he in his 30s, he had 244 homers okay in his 40s he had 53 so he had and then in his 20s he had 27 so he had more homers in his 40s than he did in his 20s i honestly don't care when you bloom if you're not the super yeah if you're good you're good if you're good for any point in time i'm fine i mean let's look at mikey yes Mikey Yaz. Mikey Yaz didn't come up till what, 29, 28? Judge and, didn't come up till 25 or something. Like, yeah. And so, like, my point being, who cares how long his like time is? Mikey Yaz was able to get into a point where he was putting up some of his peak production when the team needed it, when it mattered. And so, if Seth Beer does end up panning out and he ends up being a late bloomer, I don't care if he only gives me two, three years of prime production because that production is probably going to come, you know, age 30, 31. At that point, that's exactly when this Arizona Dimebacks team is going to need it. So I'm honestly fine with that. But I'll let Brandon take the Rockies away. I know no, this is one yeah. of my favorite top um, points. Okay, Colorado. So... They didn't make a trade, the trade deadline. Um, but they have the Colorado's best, a platypus. They don't do much. They have the best team batting average in the league, the seventh most runs scored. They actually have a good offense. Like CJ Crone is a legitimately good player. Uh, Charlie Blackman's had a resurgence this year. Brendan Rogers has finally um, starting to show us his potential. Um, the pitching is atrocious. Um, and, you know, if you would have told Tampa Bay when they traded away Herman Marquez uh, in 2016 that they were trading away a franchise's future best pitcher in history, they'd probably be like, oh, my God, this is a terrible trade. <laughs> I am so – they're probably so happy they haven't had to sit through the Herman Marquez experiment. Like, the dude is good, 
he has 15 war in seven years. Like, that's good. But it's just so boring, dude. LJ, Antonio Senzatella, Herman Marquez, and Kyle Freeland have been starting games for the Rockies for so, so long. It is it is crazy. And also, something I just noticed, um, we were talking about the Rays no-hitter earlier, or the their potential perfect game. Felix Hernandez's perfect game was um, on this date, August 15th. So it was August 14th when the Rays were going for their perfect game. And Felix Hernandez's perfect game was August 15th, which was the last um, time we had a perfect game. But yeah, sorry for getting sidetracked there. I just noticed that. Um, Yeah, the Rockies are so, I, I have nothing else to say. It's just, blah. And I like Chris Bryant, and he got the bag, but dude is just pulling a Jacoby Ellsbury, so I don't blame him. I wouldn't blame him at all, Um, if that was what he was doing. If not, I mean, at least, again, you know, he could have – it could be a lot worse for him because could you imagine if he had gone to a big market or even if he'd stayed in San Francisco – San Francisco's fan base, I don't think, takes kindly to this much time lost in your first year. Certainly at an area like Boston or New York, this guy would already be dead to the fan base just for missing this much time in his first year. So, you know, he could have ended up putting himself in a lot worse situations, not knowing the trouble that would face him. Well... I think that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you for listening. Check us out on all the social medias at MLB Daily Pod. We'll see you. See you mañana. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start a journey. Not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread Packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.